You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Thank you, Father God. Oh God, we love you so much. God, we just... We love you so much. And God, you're not a guest here. Don't let us treat you like a guest here, God. This is your place. You're in control. You have your way in your church. Move among us. Move among us. And do whatever you want to do. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Let your will be done here, God. Let your will be done here, God. I thank you for freedom in this place. I thank you for healing in this place, for peace that flows in this place, for people that have come weary here today, Father, that they would be filled, that they would be filled. I thank you you go deep in our lives today as we surrender ourselves to you, Lord. And we love your presence. We love you. We love you. I thank you that we leave here changed and we don't leave the same as we came in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you help me preach the message that I preached this morning. (laughs) Help me do it again. It's your gracing and your anointing that I need. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen? Amen. Um, I'm going to start in Ephesians 6 today, and, and um, I am, I'm laying a foundation for where I believe um, God wants me to speak on today. And, and what I'm going to speak on is something that over uh, the last, I don't know, couple of weeks or so, God has been showing me. Um, and so I'm going to talk to you later on, after I lay this groundwork, um, like family, like the body of Christ, that God has a word for us. So let's start in Ephesians 6 and verse 11, and it says this, put on the whole armor of God. A lot of us know this verse, but let's just really look into it. So it says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. In the Living Bible, I'm just going to read the first part of it. It says, put on all of God's armor. Why? So that you will be able to stand safe against all of the strategies and the tricks of Satan. So this verse is pointing out to us that that there are spiritual battles that are going on that he's, he's saying, listen, there's a spiritual battle that is going on. You need to make sure that you put on the whole armor of God. Now, there is scriptures that list what the whole armor of God is. We're not going to go into that today because my point is, is that there are spiritual battles that are going on. And oftentimes, we don't talk about it much in church, uh, or we don't go there that much, I should say, in church. But today, I want us to be aware 
there are spiritual battles. Now, do you need to be afraid of it? Absolutely not. We just sang a song of God of revival. He takes care of it. He's already won the victory. It's not something that we fear. It's something that we're aware of, and we put on the whole armor of God. Um, I heard a quote or a saying, and I really liked the way it was said because it's true, and it says this, that the, the battle is in our mind, but the war is for our heart. The battle is in the mind, but the war is for our heart. So in other words, the enemy will plant seeds of doubt, despair, discouragement, fear, whatever, whatever. Lies is what he plants, really. And he plants them in your mind so that you will take them and you will put them in your heart. Because he's after your heart, because the war is in your heart, the reason why it is is because your heart is the place that you believe from. It's, it's your place of believing. It's the center of who you are. The Bible says, um, out of the mouth, the heart, no, out of the heart, <laughs> the mouth speaks. Because it's coming from your hearts. Um, it says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the wellspring of life. So it is your center of believing. So this is why it says that the battle is in your mind, but the war is for your heart. There is a spiritual battle going on. You need to remain armed. You need to remain armed. So next verse I want to take you to is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 3. And it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We are not fighting against man. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and being in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we are in a war. It's not a fleshly war. It's in a war of the spirit in the spiritual realm. But I want you to notice that in verse Four, it says that our weapons that God has given us, they are mighty. We're not going, there's not a battle that's going on that we're ill-prepared for and, and whatnot. He says, no, the, the weapons of your warfare are mighty. How? Through God. For what? For the pulling down of strongholds. So it's not anything you need to fear because our weapons are mighty that God has given us. So let me say this, not every problem in life, every situation that happens to us is, you know, um, is demonic in nature. It's not, not everything is because the enemy is attacking you. I said this in the first service that a lot of times or sometimes things that we go through are things because of choices we've made in our own life. We've made decisions and we've made choices and so we kind of reap the outcome of it. I used this example, which is I love popcorn. I love popcorn. In fact, just the other night, I ate two bags of popcorn. <laughs> but popcorn makes me sick every single time. I, popcorn and me, we do not like each other. I get sick when I eat popcorn. So was it a spiritual attack that I got sick from eating popcorn? No, that was a choice. <laughs> I knew that before I was going to eat the popcorn, 
I was going to get sick. That was a choice. So not everything is a spiritual battle, but it's important for us to be aware that there is spiritual battles that are going on. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes what happens when we're not aware of it is we think, oh, this is just me. This is just my life. This is just how things have been going and just everything wrong has been happening. And just to, and we don't recognize, we think that it's just physical in nature, but no, there is a war and the enemy is after your heart. He is after the plans and the purposes of God. He is after anything that to try and, um, he's after anything that would get you to God's plan and God's purposes. He doesn't like God. He hates God. In fact, he hates you. He hates you. So I'm going to un- unroll a couple of things of um, different kinds of spirits. And again, this isn't something that we talk about on a regular basis. We don't like to bring glory to, but it's, a, it's for us to be aware. Um, I used to watch a lot of UFC. I loved UFC fighting, which is mixed martial arts. And when you, um, when you know a lot about mixed martial arts, I don't know a lot about it. I should say, when you've watched a lot of UFC, like I have, um, you know that when the two opponents come together, they know well ahead of time who's fighting who. And so one will be um, a master at karate and the other one will be a master at jiu-jitsu or one will be good at kickboxing and the other one will be good at just boxing. And so when they know who their opponent is, the months leading up, they begin to study their opponent and how their opponent works. So one person will really like to fight on the ground. He's, he always brings his opponent to the ground and he fights on the ground. So what happens is the person who's studying them will then learn to fight on the ground, will get skilled at fighting at ground because he knows that's how his opponent fights. It's the same way. We look at these things not to bring glory to the enemy because we know that he's a loser. He's already lost, okay? So it's not to bring glory to him. It's to understand what's going on. How does he fight? So there are a couple of kinds of spirits, and the one is a tormenting spirit. A tormenting spirit torments through depression, worry, fear. It'll go after your identity, tell you that you're unloved, that you're not good enough, that you're stupid, that you'll never make it, that just, I mean, whatever, right? Um, shame, condemnation, it'll torment you. And I am almost positive that everybody here could say, yeah, I know what it's like to be tormented. I know that, you know, sometimes maybe you mess up and, and you mess up and you ask God for forgiveness and God's like, of course, he forgives you every time, right? And so I'm forgiven, but then the enemy comes and he says, you are a terrible person. You're terrible, you're terrible. Look at you, look how horrible you are. That's a tormenting spirit. Um, sometimes it gets worse than that. I've, I've talked to you about it before in other messages where um, there's been times where it's like my mind is out of control. It's almost like the enemy has just come after me and he is like, who do you think you are? You know, you're a terrible pastor. You're a terrible mother. And the thoughts just keep coming. That is a tormenting spirit. Those are not your thoughts. And those are not the way God thinks about you. Those are lies. And he puts them, he begins to talk to you like that so that those become Those get implanted in your heart and they become your truth. They're not true, but you live from it. So there's tormenting spirits. And tormenting spirits cause heaviness, um, discouragement, hopelessness, and depression. Deceiving spirits. This is another um, spirit that causes deception. 1 Timothy 
4.1 says, but the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in later times, some will turn away from the faith, paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons. So he's saying, listen, this is gonna happen in later times. The people are going to fall away. So they're gonna know the truth, but then they're gonna fall away from it because they will have fallen prey to seductive and um, deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So anytime that you open yourself up to false doctrines, you open yourself up to a deceiving spirit. Now listen, warning, it is, you could sit there and say, you know what, I wouldn't fall prey to a deceiving spirit, like to false doctrines or anything like that. But I want you to notice that it says seductive and deceiving spirits. Meaning that the, the false doctrines that come sometimes are seductive in nature. It sounds good. It looks good. It's pleasing to my flesh. So I, I, there are many different, Hollywood, you see it like run rapid. You have um, Hollywood stars that are talking about the things that they believe in. And, or, you know, there's 50 ways to have money come to you and put, you know, there's even stuff that is being used as godly principles. Some, some different religions are even quoting the Bible and using it. And so it looks good, it seems good, but it's not the Word of God. It's not the Word of God. Uh, the, the, even the book, The Secret, the book, The Secret, it quotes the Word of God. But let me tell you something. If you want to know what the Word of God says, read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. There's life in the Word of God. Things that mix religions, mix, take things from here and there, that's not the Word of God. That's not truth. And the reason that it seems good is because there's a seducing spirit behind it so that it can be deceptive to you. Um, you see on, on, on TV, there's mediums. That's a really popular one on TLC, the mediums that speak to the dead. Again, why does it seem so interesting and so good? And I want to be a part of that because there's seducing spirits behind it. I've said um, many times here on the, on the stage, I've said that I am completely 100% against horror movies. I don't like horror movies, um, not because they scare me. I mean, I'm sure they scare me. I haven't watched them in a long time, but because I don't like what they bring with them. It's demonic in nature. And I believe that it opens up the door to let whatever is on that in. And so what happens when you, when you begin to, to look at those things, and I, I said this before, will something evil come in when I watch? Maybe, maybe not but am I going to open the door to it? When, there's a, when there are people that are robbing houses all the way around you, do you open the door? And just like, well, if he comes in, he comes in. Would you do that? No. Listen, there is a spiritual battle that is going on. Don't open the door. It seems, it seems good. It looks good. It seems pleasing. I just want to know how that movie ends. I just, ooh, that's a good, that's a good horror movie. Looks scary. I like to be scared. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. I was telling a story about, um, we were going to the lake and we're staying at the lake and um, I thought I just wanted to get this book. 
or a book, just any book, kind of like one of those mindless books to read and not a Harlequin romance. I'm not into that, but just like a love story type book. And so I went to Superstore, bought a book, looked good, it looked simple, and so I started reading it, got halfway through, so good, and Guy found this girl, and you know, he was chasing her for a long time, and she didn't want to have anything to do with him, and then finally she did, and then they fell in love, and then I got to the middle of the book, and it is like complete smut, like dirty book. And I'm like, ugh, well I want to know how the story ends, right? And so I have this moment where I'm like, okay, so I could skip past this or I could just read it because I know what sex is anyways. Or, and then I felt like the Holy Spirit says, is that what you want to open your life to? Do you want to open your life up to a spirit of lust? No, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to open the door to a thief that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't want to open my life up to it. So I threw the book away. But the point is, is there are things that look good, that come, that have deception behind it. But behind it, there is seducing spirits, and you don't want to open your life up to these things. In 1 Samuel 28, um, King Saul, he went to go consult a medium. He wanted to talk to a medium to see if he could, if, if he could talk to Samuel, and he lost the kingdom. It cost him the kingdom. I don't want to compromise anything that would cost me the plans and the purposes and the will of God for my life. It just makes me put things into perspective. Is this worth it? If there's a war going on, is it worth it? It's not. It's not because remember, he hates you. The enemy hates you. God loves you. The enemy hates you. He has no good for you. Do I need to fix this microphone? Is it fuzzy at all? I can hear fuzz, so I don't want to... Sorry. Should I just switch mics? Somebody? Okay. So this is... So I said all of that, and I laid this groundwork because I, I wanted to tell you that um, I... Someone back there... <laughs> What's happening? Is Stephen, do you need to fix my mic? Okay. Um, I said all that to say this, is that um, in the summertime, I was, you know, just beginning to notice different things that people were saying, noticing things in my life, and it sounded all the same. There was, people were saying, you know, I'm exhausted. I just want to give up. I, I, I don't even know what God's plan is for my life, and I can't even see straight. And I started to hear all of these things and, and noticing that even in, in my life, I was feeling the same thing. And when you notice those kinds of things as a pastor, you recognize, wait a minute, there's something going on. There's something going on. So I began to ask God, what is going on? And he began to talk to me. And so he began to talk to me about a spirit that, yeah, as I begin to um, open up what, what kind of goes on, um, you may be like, yes, absolutely, that's me. And, I, and, and as I go into it, I want to say this. It's already dealt with. The elders got together and, uh, and we prayed over this thing. We prayed it. We broke it. But I felt like God was like, I want you to talk about it so that they recognize that it wasn't just them, that there was something going on. 
and, and then I'm going to loose it off your life. I'm going to pray. I'm going to loose it off your life. So the thing is called a python spirit. And I'm going to show you it in the Word of God. It, it names it. Um, what happened was I was, I, I was talking to God about it, and he brought me to this. And I saw it, and I said, okay, that must be, you know, what you're kind of showing. And it took me a little while, because then a couple days later, he's like, hey, remember, let's talk about this. And he brought me back to this scripture verse. And so uh, I'm going to start in Acts 16, starting in verse 16. It says, one day as we were going to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination, the spirit of Python. She had earned great profits for her owners by being a fortune teller. She kept following us, shouting, these men are servants of the great high God, and they're telling us how to be saved. Day after day, she continued to do this until Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit indwelling in her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now. And at that very moment, the spirit came out of her. So it's talking about a python spirit. And again, this isn't something that, that we would normally talk about, but a python spirit is that of what a python is. And a python, when it is in operation, it doesn't bite its, its prey, it doesn't um, use venom, it strangles it. It sucks the life out of it, or it squeezes the life out of it. It squeezes the breath out of it. And it is the same thing as a spirit of python in the spirit realm. It, it squeezes the life out of you makes it hard to breathe. Um, usually more in like, in spiritually, you're having trouble breathing, but sometimes it is, some people say, it, I even, I'm, I'm struggling breathing. Okay, last time I'm gonna ask, do I need to switch? And someone answer me, please. Okay, I'm switching, because I can't see you, so I need a mic. Is there a mic somewhere? Stephen? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Sorry, just so that we don't have to keep hearing that and I keep fiddling, we'll just get to the point. So, so it squeezes the breath out of you. It will try to squeeze the life out of your dreams so it'll cause you to give up before you reach your purpose. It will try to squeeze the life out of your marriage, your business. You will become, or you become unproductive, almost like you, you just can't go forward. You just, you keep trying, but you can't move forward. You become limited and hindered. You will feel like you are fighting a battle that is getting the best of you. It will also come to choke the spiritual breath out of your walk with God making it hard to pray, hard to worship, hard to spend time with God. It often comes right before you've won a big victory or just before you're about to take ground or have victory in an area. So like you, you either have come out of something like, woof, we won, this is, you know, God's awesome. And then all of a sudden it's like, you stop. Or you're about to take ground. You know that God has big things for you, big plans for you. And you're like, here we go. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. So now I'm going to list, I'm going to list the, the signs or the symptoms that you're under this thing, okay? Remembering this is already broken off of you. We're just going to loose it off your life, okay? Number one, 
loss of spiritual desire. You begin to view everything spiritually as a duty, not a desire. Like God's called you to just like to do this, you, you know, you, you, you're called, you're appointed for whatever it is. Listen, you are all ministers, okay? So whatever God has called you to do, and you're just like, all of a sudden it's become a duty. It's not, I don't have this desire. You read in Psalms and David talks in the Psalms and he talks about his desire for the things of the kingdom. Paul talks about his desire for the word of God. So there's a desire that's natural in us, but suddenly when you're under this thing, it's just like, I don't even, it's just hard. Number two is um, physical and emotional exhaustion. You're just exhausted and you can't seem to get a handle on it. In Daniel 7, 25, it says, he shall speak words against the Most High. This is talking about the enemy. He shall speak words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. So this is what the enemy does, is he wears out the saints of the Most High. This is why we need to know this is how he works. Wait a minute. Uncover an enemy, see him, deal with it. So he comes to wear out. So you become exhausted. You become weary in well-doing. Elijah came from the greatest victory of his life with the prophets. He, he walked out and he'd just seen amazing things happen. And he goes out and all of a sudden he is hiding because of Jezebel. But he is hiding and he's exhausted and he can't wake up. And an angel has to come to tell him to get up and eat. He is exhausted. What did he just step? He just, remember I said, it usually happens before you take ground somewhere or it happens after a big victory. And so Elijah just a, had, happened to have a big victory and now he is physically and emotionally exhausted. You have a lack attack. A lack attack. Lack attack, that sounds cool, but it's not. <laughs> A lack attack is when everything seems to dry up around you and you can't seem to get a handle on it. So like you, I mean, I've had this happen before. I'm sure we all have, but um, it, it so happens that you have your washing machine breaks down and you get that fixed and then your dryer breaks down. You get that fixed. Then your uh, car breaks down. And then you got to get that fixed. And it's like everywhere, it's like your finances are drying up. Or maybe you have a business, same thing. It's just like everywhere around me, things are happening and I just can't seem to get a handle on it. And I'm not talking about um, when you've done some shopping <laughs> and you spend too much money. Not that kind of a lack attack. Went and bought a brand new vehicle and you couldn't afford it. Not that kind of a lack attack. The kind where things, that, that's again one of those choices, right? Um, a lack attack is just when things just seem to just be drying up all the way around you. You could be under this thing. You have a prayer attack. You struggle in your prayer time. You're just, you're trying. You're, you're, you're trying to pray. You just can't seem to get breakthrough. You, you, it just it doesn't, you, you're trying to read. You can't, you, you, it's like your spiritual breath, like I said before, has been like snuffed out. 
you're, you're just, it's, yeah, it's just hard. Or you go to pray and there's a ton of distractions. You know, the teacher just called at school and you got to go pick up your kid because something happened. And then the next day there's this and the, the dog is doing something. And it just, it's, you're trying to, but it is trying to take, and that's what it does. It comes to try and snuff out your spiritual breath. The next one is you feel overwhelmed. You feel like you're surrounded. Like, what's the use I should give up? I, I'm just, I'm surrounded. What's the point of this anymore? I'm done. I'll just do the, I'll just, everything becomes a duty, right? I'll just show up for church and just do the things. I just, I'm done. He, this, this spirit is after your destiny. It's after your destiny so that, that it can stop you and squeeze the life out of you before, it can get, before you can get to the destiny that God has for you. Number six, old iniquities begin to resurface. You're wanting to go back and revisit again. Maybe you had addictions or you, I don't know, you, you just had sin that, you know, God delivered you from, but suddenly you, you're, you're having this longing to go back to it. You, you, you want to go back, revisit it. You start longing for the past. You want to go backwards. And the reason why this happens is that the enemy will always attack the last place he was successful because he thinks you are weak in that area. So he goes and tries it again. Number seven, you begin pulling away from godly relationships. You, you begin to distance yourself from the people that can sharpen you, that can strengthen you, that encourage you. Maybe you become offended or you, or you just begin to, you know, want to distance yourself because they might see that, you know, you're struggling or whatever. Maybe you're just sick of them or maybe you just want to be by yourself. But whatever it is, you begin to distance yourself from other believers. Not that having friends with unbelievers is, a, is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we are called to one another to strengthen, encourage, and love, and get each other to the next place, the next point. That's what we're there for. But we begin to hide. We begin to distance and hide. And, and as I was writing this, I said, you begin to hide from one another. And the Holy Spirit said to me, no, that spirit begins to hide because it doesn't want to be uncovered. So these are the things that God um, was talking to me about. These are the things that I've heard many people begin to speak to me, and, and it became repetitive. You know, and you're just like, wait a minute, this person's saying that, that person's saying the same thing, that. You know there's a spirit. And so he began to talk. The elders and I, we got together. We prayed. We broke the back of this thing. I know that it's, I know that it's done. But I want to take us back to Acts 16, and I want to just show you how the thing is dealt with, okay? So verse 16, or chapter 16, sorry. So this woman is following them, and he's, she's yelling at them, these are the guys that preach the good news, blah, blah, blah. And Paul gets irritated, and he's like, get out, and she's delivered. But what happens is, is she's a slave girl, and she was making some people a lot of money. And those people did not like what just took place because now she couldn't tell people's fortunes anymore. And so they took Paul and Silas and they threw them in jail. And they threw them in deep, dark dungeon jail. As far, it's as, it's as they put them right, right in the darkest part of it, right in the deepest part of it. And let's see, I know we know this story, but we're going to look at it anyway. Let's see what happened. Verse 23, after they were severely beaten, 
They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Same thing, right? Spirit of Python, you can't move forward. You just, you feel constricted. You feel like you can't keep going. So this is Paul and Silas. But what did they do? 25, Paul and Silas, undaunted. I got some undaunted people here this morning. I'm undaunted. I'm going to praise God in a storm. I'm going to praise God if I feel bound. I am going to praise Him anyway. Undaunted. They prayed in the middle of the night. And they sang songs of praise to God. What'd they do? They prayed and they sang songs. <laughs> they prayed and they praised. While all the other prisoners listened to their worship. I love that. <laughs> all the others bound listened to their worship. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. And all at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. This is how you defeat this spirit. You pray and you praise. You pray and you praise. Even if you feel like you can't, you do it anyway. Undaunted, you pray and you praise. The spirit is broken with the authority of praise and of prayer. In Isaiah 61 verse 3, it says, and praise and worship team, you can come. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Remember I said this at the beginning, that, it, 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 that this spirit will cause you to feel heavy. And God says, oh, here's one of your weapons that are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. This is one of them, the spirit of praise, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Isn't that good? When we are being tormented, this is how you wore it. You put on the garment of praise when the enemy begins to make you feel heavy. So like I said, I, we had prayed as the pastoral team and we're like, let's deal with this thing. <laughs> this thing is this thing is not going on any farther. Messing with the people, we are shutting the door to this. And, and so we broke the back of it, we prayed. And so just going into it, I felt like God said, I want you to talk to them about it, um, but then I want you to pray and release it, loose it off of them. They ca it can't stay, they're going to leave here, not the same, because that thing will not be on them anymore. Amen? And then we're just gonna sing a song of worship before we go. So I want you to stand up, please. As I pray over you, Father, thank you. Father, we thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I just declare right now over every person here, I declare freedom. I declare freedom to the captives. I declare freedom to any that has been bound. I declare freedom. And, and Spirit of Python, I say, if you have been on them, you must go now in the name of Jesus. You cannot stay on them any longer. These are the kid, the kids of the kingdom in Jesus' name. So I loose it off of you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name who is higher than any other name and every other thing must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. So I just declare Jesus. I declare Jesus. By the authority of the name of Jesus. 
We say, you must go. And then I heard the Lord say this to me, that to, to declare the resurrection power. That those that have felt that they have been absolutely stuck, those that have felt that, I, that the life has been sucked out of them, to declare the resurrection power of God flowing through them, the same resurrection that raised Christ from the dead flows through you right now in the name of Jesus. I declare the resurrection life of Jesus. Freedom, 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 freedom. You are free in the name of Jesus. You have been set free in the name of Jesus. And we declare it right now in Jesus' name. Begin to lift your voices and sing and worship to him as we say freedom reigns in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is freedom. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. Thank you, Lord. to me. I declare, I declare freedom, freedom in my life, in my, life, in my family's life, in my, life, in my finances, in my, finances, in my church's life, in, church. in the city's life. I declare freedom, 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 freedom. Lift your voice. Begin to
Well, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You are free. You are free indeed. And I declare that you'll go out this morning and you'll go out in liberty. You'll go out in freedom. You'll go out in joy. You'll go out in power. You'll go out in authority. You'll go out in peace in the name of Jesus. Adam, you can come. One last thing. <laughs> One last thing. You are free. You are free. You are free. And I want you to take that as your truth. If the enemy tries to whisper any kind of lie, it ain't true. You're free. You are free. You are free. And so if he comes tonight and he says, oh, what about this? Oh, no, wait. <laughs> Liar, I'm free. I've been set free. I've been set free. I've been set free. And so if you feel when you leave, even if that, 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 that maybe tonight or whatever, that it, you feel like, oh, wait, I still feel under it. Listen to me. You praise. You stop what you're doing and you begin to thank God because it's already taken care of. You already have the victory. Pardon? Open the door to heaven. Yes, that's good, Sean. Yes. Yes. We're not going to open the door to a thief, to the enemy. We're opening the door to the heaven and his kingdom and what he has for us and his plans and his purposes and the glory of heaven. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. Be blessed. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.